This is Scott. This is Rebecca. And we're the CEOs of Hardy, Party of Five. And a half. It's not really a company, it just sounds cool. And if you're looking for a normal family, well, you've certainly come to the wrong place. So keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times and let's see where this roller coaster takes us. Hey, Scott. Hey, Rebecca. We're doing this month in history. Yes, we are. But it's actually May. Yes. And we're doing April. We are. What happened? Well, with April, we had a chance to have the great David Wilk on. Mm-hmm. And there was a certain day that he could do it on. So he kind of bumped our This Month in History so okay. that we can make sure to have Mr. Wilcon. Does that mean in, in May we're going to have two This Month in History? It looks like we are. We're okay. going to have an April that we have to catch up on. Which we're doing today. That's right. Mm-hmm. And then possibly a May at the end of the month. Okay. Pretty exciting. Pretty, two for one month. Pretty exciting to do this thing that I'm terrible at. <laughs> you're not terrible. Twice in I don't know why you think you're month. terrible. However, I'm ready today because I've done pretty good the past couple times. Yes, you have. You've gotten, of the last six questions, you've got all six correct. Oh so gosh. you are on fire. So much pressure. Okay. I'm so ready? proud of you, and I'm I know you're going to go. do well. I'm ready to go three for three today. And you know what, babe? What? Even if you don't do so good, I still love you. <laughs> okay. Well, I hope so. Okay. Why would you not? <laughs> I was just trying to... I quit this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to be helpful and supportive. Well, it'd be supportive if you, if you didn't say that. What? I don't know. That sounds like... You're still awesome, even if you totally jack this up. You're awesome and great. Was that good? I don't know. I can't decide. <laughs> I'll tell you later. Okay. I'll decide. How about, okay. How about we get started with We're the first good. Let's one. get started. Are you ready? Okay. For those of you that haven't listened to mm-hmm. a This Month in History, it's kind of morphed and changed into a game show, basically, where we're trying to make history fun, which for a lot of people, it's not very fun. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> for Rebecca, for most of her life, history has not been too fun it's for you. It's gotten better. It's gotten better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a way to look back at history. It's history from 1970 to 2021, which is our lifetime. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we've remembered, if we can remember this far back on some of them, and we can have some insight into it, some personal insight. So right. that's the whole premise. Okay. And you give me a clue. I give you a clue, an audio clue. I give you the date. And then I give you three choices. Okay. And I'm then ready. we go from there. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Number I'm one. so proud of you. <laughs> Stop it. Let's go. <laughs> Tell me, Francois, what is your philosophy on leadership? How do you inspire your team to do their best? By example. I've always thought to lead by example, sir. Well, that is right. That is exactly right. But how to get them to be better than they think they can be? That is very difficult, I find. Inspiration, perhaps. How do we inspire ourselves to greatness when nothing less will do? How do we inspire everyone around us? I sometimes think it is by using the work of others. On Robben Island, 
When things got very bad, I found inspiration in a poem. A poem? A Victorian poem. Just words, but they helped me to stand when all I wanted to do was to lie down. Very dramatic speech. It was a very dramatic speech by someone who has a really bad Morgan Freeman accent from another country. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. So that was your audio Wait, clue. Wait, is Morgan Freeman an accent? No. He sounded like Morgan Freeman with a weird accent. Oh, okay. Okay. All right, go ahead. The date for this is April 26, 1994. 94. And here are your three choices. A. This is the first meeting between NFL legends Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Okay. <laughs> I don't think so. B. Then Wait, was Tom Brady like four in nineteen ninety four? Like As the <laughs> as the host of the show, I can't give you any clues other okay. than what I'm giving you. Okay. I'm giving you all I got. Okay. Okay. So B, Nelson Mandela meets with rugby legend Francois Pinard to discuss the World Cup. C. Nelson Mandela voted president of South Africa in the country's first democratic election. I'm going with B. You're going with B. Yeah, because it answer? clearly had to do with sports. And I think that Morgan Freeman played Nelson Mandela in a movie. And that's what I'm going with. Okay. I'm sorry, Rebecca. No The way. answer is C. No! I got the first one wrong! Babe, in that clip, it talked about sports! It did. That was kind of a trick question. Well, I don't understand because it clearly talked about sports. The second one had to do with sports. Explain yourself. Well, I used that clip from the movie Invictus. Okay, which was about soccer. Well, rugby. Okay, rugby, whatever, same thing. (laughs) It was rugby, and it was Nelson Mandela, and it was Francois, which was Matt Damon in the movie, and Morgan Freeman. So it was Morgan Freeman with an accent. Hmm. So I threw that in there to kind of make it a little more challenging to see if you could figure out what it was. I'm on to you, Hardy. Okay. I'm so upset that I've lost on the first one at my streak. Well, you're still six for seven, and that's a great batting average, but <laughs> Thanks. Okay. <laughs> so this is actually about Nelson Mandela being voted the president of South Africa in the country's first democratic elections. So more than 22 million South Africans turned out to cast the ballots. And an overwhelming majority chose anti-apartheid leader Nelson Mandela as their president. And of course he became the first black president of South Africa. Hmm. And the movie Invictus, which I've watched several times, is a really good movie. Is it? Yes. And it's about, this is right after Nelson had been uh, sworn in. And they were about to have the World Cup of Rugby in South Africa. So what he was doing was he wanted to use the rugby team as a way to get the blacks and the whites together to root for the same team. And it was kind of dicey because as the black people had taken over the government because he had won, they kind of wanted to not support the white people because it was kind of going the other way. Nelson wanted unity, so he was using the rugby to get everybody to be able to support the same thing Hmm. in hopes that they could be more unified on the other end. So I thought that was pretty brilliant of him to use that as, to use sports as a way to unite his country. Yeah. After he knew it was an election that was obviously 
very controversial for that country. Right. So, so two questions. Did they yes. A, have any hanging chats? I don't think so. Did they use Smartmatics? I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, continue. Okay. I feel like we're reviewing the last few months all of a sudden. Just checking. Is that what Sharon said so, told you? <laughs> Maybe. So a little history on Mandela. He was a lawyer. Uh, in, in 1944, he joined the African National Conference Congress, which is the oldest black political organization in South Africa. He ended up becoming the leader of the Johannesburg wing of that. And in 1952, he became the deputy national president of that organization. Now, at first, he was advocating nonviolent resistance. But after there was this terrible uh, massacre in Sharpeville in 1960, where the government killed a lot of the citizens, and after that, he started organizing a paramilitary branch of the ANC to engage in, like, guerrilla warfare. So that kind of put him high up on the most wanted list. Mm -hmm. Um, in 61, he was arrested for treason, and although he was acquitted, he was arrested again in 62 for illegally leaving the country. He was convicted and sentenced to five years at uh, Robben Island Prison, which he mentioned in the clip. And he was put on trial again in 64 on charges of sabotage. So in 64, he was convicted along with several other of those leaders wow. and sentenced to life in prison. So he spent his first 18 of 27 years on Robben Island, which That's was really crazy. brutal. Uh, he was confined to a small cell without a bed or plumbing. He was forced to do hard labor in a quarry. He could write and receive a letter once every six months. So once a year, he was allowed to meet with a visitor for 30 minutes. He led a movement of civil disobedience from the prison and at the prison. So eventually, the officials kind of gave in and started improving the conditions on Robben Island. And later on, he was moved to a better location, and he was under house arrest after that. So in 89, President de Klerk at the time of South Africa, he started dismantling, dismantling apartheid, which was the racist system there. And he lifted the ban on the ANC, which is the Congress that Mandela had been a part of, and he suspended ex executions, and then in February of 90, he ordered the release of Nelson Mandela. Hmm. So at that point, Mandela, of course, was elected president. And in 93, he shared the Nobel Peace Prize with de Klerk. And uh, he held the position of president until 99. Oh, wow. So you go from being in prison to being... The president of the whole country. The president of the whole country. And it's pretty amazing. If you watch the Invictus movie, you see how he had forgiven his captors huh. because you could think he, I mean, 27 years in prison, you could see that he'd probably be pretty bitter. Yeah. But he really wasn't. Like, he had he had given all that hatred and anger up, and he was ready to be unified. So wow. that's pretty cool. So I have a pretty cool thing here. You didn't know this was going to happen. I did not. But I put in some calls. <laughs> I used our connections. We're going to talk to Morgan Freeman? We're not talking to Morgan Freeman, but Dang. very close. Who? We're going to talk to the director of Invictus oh. himself. Okay. The great legendary Clint Eastwood. Oh, he was the director? Yes. And we have Clint here? Well, I'm going to try to get him on the phone. All right, let's do it. He said he would be available, so okay. let's see what we can do. <phone rings> Mr. Eastwood, are you there? Clint? Clint? Hello? 
<laughs> Clint Eastwood, is that you? Yes, this is Clint. <laughs> what? What are you up to these days? Well, just now I was doing some yard work. Some yard work? Yeah, I was doing some yard work and I saw a skunk on my yard. You saw a skunk? I did. <laughs> so I turned to the skunk and I said, do you feel lucky, skunk? <laughs> and then I told him, get off my lawn. <laughs> did the skunk listen? He did. Oh, I, he should. Absolutely. I can be quite intimidating sometimes, <laughs> but I'm really just a teddy bear. Oh, really? Yeah. That's how you come across as a teddy bear. It's not true at all. So what was it like directing the great Morgan Freeman? He's all right. <laughs> he's not bad. Not bad? Not quite as good as me, but he's, <laughs> he's pretty good. Okay. No, he's a good friend. He is a good friend? Oh, yeah. Really? I love Morgan. <laughs> What about Matt Damon? Matt Damon's a punk. <laughs> I don't like anyone under the age of 50. <laughs> Especially if they're a Democrat. Oh, wow. Okay. I've gotten a little outspoken in my old age. I guess you have. Some of these roles that you've played in movies has made you kind of, you know, stand out a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you need? I, I Why don't... am I here? <laughs> well, I was just going to ask you about... The movie Invictus and you being the director of. It was a great experience. Was it? Mr. Well, Mandela was one of the greatest men ever. Really? You yes. truly think that? Oh, yes. Really? What made him so great? Everything <laughs> in his life was great. He was a man that gave up on anger and rage. Can I tell you something? Yeah. There's a movie I've never seen that my husband keeps telling me I should see. Yeah. Pale Rider? Are you in oh, that? Oh, Pale Rider. Actually, I was. I starred in that movie. You starred in that movie? I directed that movie. Oh, you directed it, too. I also composed the music. So, yes, I was involved. <laughs> you composed the music? Yes, ma'am. You're straight kidding. I'm not kidding. <laughs> you were kind of involved. Yeah. Fantastic. So, I should see this movie. You should definitely see it. Okay. One of my favorites. One of your favorites. Is that your favorite movie you ever acted in? Of the 652 movies I've been in, it's top five. Really? Are you kidding that it's been 652 or did you just come up with that? Number? I just came up with that. Oh. <laughs> it sounded good at the time. I can't remember all that. I'm okay. 90 years old. <laughs> I don't even know who I'm talking to right now. <laughs> who is this? Identify yourself. I think we need to, I think you need to probably go take your meds. <laughs> Clint Eastwood doesn't take medication. Oh, really? He, Clint Eastwood should. <laughs> and we're going to, and we're going to move on. All okay. right. Okay. Clint, thank you so much for being on our podcast today. Teresa, it was nice talking Teresa. to you. Okay. <laughs> it's Rebecca. Okay. Who's Rebecca? I'll check you later. Okay, Take bye. Care. Bye, Clint. Take care, Molly. <laughs> hey, make sure you don't play with matches. <laughs> okay. Toodaloo. Bye, Clint. <laughs>Oh my gosh, I cannot believe we just had Clint Eastwood on. I can't believe it either, and he probably doesn't even remember it now. <laughs> he called me by at least three different names. Well, you know, he's got a lot of names to remember. How old is he now? 
He is 90 years old, baby. Oh, well, no wonder. It's nice that he's still doing yard work, though. Yeah, totally Keeping busy. nice, right? Yeah. I know. Okay, are we ready for okay, that? Was a, that was a lot. I'm just, I'm like... You're flustered. I'm flustered after having Clint break. Eastwood on. You need a break. I couldn't even speak when he was on I the phone. Could, I could tell. I just froze up. You were choked up. It's just not like me to freeze up I've like I've never that. seen you just sit there and with that just I look was just, on your face. Yeah, like, I was, you were just awestruck. I was in tears. You were. Kind of like when you saw Fenway for the first time. Oh, that's that's right. what it reminded me of. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Okay. So you're ready for your second clue. I'm ready for my second clue. Okay. Let's roll. Let's do it. What you are witnessing is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in a California municipal court. Both parties have agreed to dismiss their court cases and have their dispute settled here in our forum, The People's Court. Okay, Rebecca, was that music kind of familiar to you? Yes, but at first I thought it was the Six Million Dollar Man theme Ooh, song. It did sound like that. A little bit. But okay. I don't think that was it. I think it had something to do with People's Court. I'm ready for my three choices. Okay, you see, you seem focused. I'm focused. You're laser focused You're focus not right going now. to trip me up again. Okay, we'll see about that. We'll see about that. Okay, this happened on April 3rd, 1995. Okay. Was it A, People's Court debuts on television? Was it B, Sandra Day O'Connor becomes the first woman to preside over the Supreme Court as Chief Justice? Or is it C, People's Court host Doug Llewellyn is injured in a freak hairspraying accident? Okay, I feel like you're trying to trick me, and A is too obvious. That's, okay. the, that's a trick one. Yeah. C is too ridiculous. Okay. I'm going with You B. remember Doug Llewellyn had the big hair that yeah. you could tell had been... What do you call that old hairspray? Uh, Aquanet. Aquanet. He mm -hmm. Aquanetted that all up. Yes. No, so you don't it, think I'm, it was that? No, I'm going with B. You're going with B. I am. Is that your final answer? That's my final answer. Well, Rebecca, I'm going to have to tell you that you're right. You got it. Yes. I'm back in the game. That's right. You're on the saddle and you're riding. You, It's not right. I'm in the saddle. You're in the saddle. You're back in the saddle. Back in the saddle. Back in the saddle. Our preposition, prepositional phrases are our friends. That's right. Okay. <laughs> So, on April 3rd, 1995, Sandra became the first woman in history to be the chief justice for a day. Because the main chief justice, or the actual chief justice, William Rehnquist, had to be out of town. So, she became the chief justice for that day huh. and ruled over those cases that day. So, do you want some background on Sandra? I found sure. her kind of fascinating. Yep. She was born March 26, 1930. Okay. And she is still alive. Not sure what she's doing right now, but she is still with us. Okay. She was born in El Paso, Texas. All right. Shout out to El Paso. <laughs> do we have any listeners in El Paso? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure we do. <laughs> okay. Um, she became a deputy county attorney in California. Then she was the assistant attorney general of Arizona. Oh. And then she was a two-term Arizona state senator. Okay. And then she served on the Supreme Court from 81, Ronald Reagan nominated her she was approved in 81 until her retirement in 2006 okay now here's really interesting stuff she grew up on a 198,000 acre cattle ranch wow in duncan arizona the ranch was nine miles from the nearest paved road oh my and the family home did not have running water or electricity until she was seven years old what as a youth, she owned a 22 caliber rifle and would shoot coyotes and jackrabbits. I love this woman. I know. I knew you would like her a lot. She began driving as soon as she could see over the dashboard. 
and had to learn to change flat tires herself. Uh-huh. So she's the kind of woman you really like. Yes. Um, when she was 16, she enrolled at Stanford, so she's a little accelerated there. 16? She she graduated magnum cum laude, cum laude, however you say that. I don't know. Is that Greek or Latin? It's Latin. Um, <laughs> that's a dead language anyways. <laughs> I barely know English, much less <laughs> Latin. She graduated with a BA in economics in 1950. Okay, so she was 20 then. So she was born in 1930. She right. graduated and she was 20 from college right. with, the, with the bachelor's. Okay. Yeah. Then she went on to Stanford Law School where she got her law degree in 1952. Okay. Okay, this is wow. where it gets a little interesting. This gets a little spicy. All right. Okay. While she was at Stanford, she served on the law review... With its editor-in-chief, William Rehnquist. Oh. Ooh. Okay. And they dated. Oh, really? They dated in 1950. They dated enough that he wrote her a letter in 1951 proposing marriage. What? Ooh. Via letter? Yeah. Who does that? Old school. It's like a text, I, I guess. I know. Now they just ask my text. Yeah. Um, of course, she did not accept, and she later married. That She actually got... People ask her to marry four times during college. The same guy? Four no, different four guys. different guys. She must have been a hot tea. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sandra had some game. That's right. She later ended up marrying John J. O'Connor. Okay. So it's interesting that years later they were both on the Supreme Court and they had dated. And dated enough to want to get married. about marriage. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. I hope John J. was okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> What's interesting is like there was a stigma during this time with women and lawyers and judges. So once she graduated from law school, she had difficulty finding a paying job. Yeah. So she ended up uh, at a deputy county attorney in San Mateo, California, and she offered to work for no salary without an office. And she shared space with a secretary, just trying to get her foot in the door. After a few months, she began drawing a small salary, and they kind of kept giving her more responsibility. Um, She was assistant attorney general from 65 to 69 in Arizona. And then she made it to the Senate when there was a vacant seat. And then she won re-election. And she was the first woman to serve as Arizona's majority leader in their Senate. So, and on August 12th, 2009, she was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom by President Barack Obama. Wow. So she went from shooting coyotes in Arizona to going to the highest place. It is a long road to be on the Supreme Court. Literally. That is a long road. That's a, that's impressive. I like this woman. And along the way, she had three kids. Wow. So where she does she live now? On. I want to know where she lives now. I don't know. Let's go talk to her. Okay. I want to meet her. <laughs> you know what? I got Clint on this episode. I don't think I can get Sandra. I will what? work on that for a later episode. If you can get Clint and not Sandra, I don't understand. Well, it's hard, it's hard to get all these people on. Okay. Well, you're doing a great job. Okay. Thank you. Right. Okay, so you're back, Rebecca. I'm back. I'm back. You're back in the winning column. I am. So are you ready for the third and final I am ready. clue? I'm ready. I love that show. 
but I don't know if it's Aaron Wolf. I'm not trying to give anything away. Okay, okay. I'm going with, I think it's a dynasty. I mean, Dallas. Well, you, I haven't given you, clear, okay, I haven't okay, given okay, you okay. answers yet. I, I did not. Okay, go ahead. You, I'm going to wait. Okay, you see. I'm feeling you see, froggy. You may be too overconfident now. <sighs> okay. Take a deep breath. All right. Okay, let me give you the date. <laughs> it's April 2nd, 1978. Who shot JR? Okay, A. <laughs> The Dallas Mavericks play their first NBA game in Reunion Arena. What? 78? No. B. In a nationwide survey, Fort Worth is officially selected as a better city than Dallas. We know that's true. And C. The TV show Dallas premieres on CBS. Oh, wow. So what is your answer? Is this a trick question? Because I'm just going to go with C. You're going to go with C. The TV show Dallas premieres. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. First of all, uh, well, what? I think explain that, your answer. Well, Rebecca. I think that uh, a, I think that reunion arena was after seventy eight. Okay. B, I think that if Fort Worth was voted greater than Dallas, why would you play the Dallas theme song? Wouldn't you play some Fort Worthy thing? We don't really have a Fort Worth theme song. Though. No, but you could have found something else. You wouldn't have played that. It wasn't oh, like yeah. I just think you would have picked something totally different. Okay. So I'm going with C. Well, Rebecca. In our third clue of the day, you're right again. Woohoo! Nicely done. Thank you. You rebounded from, you had a little misstep there, but you got back in that horse and you, you rode that saddle <laughs> and, and you Stop. played the game. <laughs> you tricked me on the first one, but we'll get past that. Okay. okay. And also, I never watched Alice. I didn't watch, I watched maybe the first season, and then I, I didn't did. watch it much I after I watched that. Dynasty. I was a Dynasty girl. I watched Dynasty too. What? Yeah, and Airwolf. Oh. I wanted to get my man card back to say I watched Airwolf. Yeah. I did not watch Airwolf. I watched MacGyver. What about, what was that one, the fling, Flamingos? What was that called? Flamingos? Falcon's Crest. It wasn't fling, Flamingo, it was <laughs> it a was Falcon. A falcon. <laughs> I didn't watch that either. They had all those on at the same time. I, I really Not Slanding, didn't watch that didn't either. Didn't watch that either, but everybody did. Okay, so Dallas debuted on April 2nd, 1978. It was actually a five-part miniseries. It huh. wasn't meant to be a series. And it was uh, aired at a time, it was like on Sunday nights when they didn't think anybody would watch it. Like, they had just finished it and they were throwing it out there. Huh. Well, it was really popular, so they, they decided to make it a show. Um, it went from September of 78 to May of 91, so it had a pretty good run. That's like 13 years. Yeah. So from that five-part miniseries, it lasted 13 years. Now, it revolves around, you're right about J.R., the affluent and feuding Texas family, the Ewings, mm. who owned the independent oil company Ewing Oil and the cattle ranching land of South Fork. And we've been to South Fork. Like, it's maybe an hour from where we live. It's much tinier than it's you think. It's very tiny than what you see on TV. Mm -hmm. Like, you can barely fit a tour of people through there. Yeah. It's kind of like Graceland. Graceland is bigger, but still, when you think of Graceland or South Fork, you think of this big, sprawling house, and yeah. it's really not it's that really big. Not. Yeah. The TV makes it, the angles from which they uh, filmed everything made it look a lot bigger than it uh -huh, was. Uh -huh. So, um, it was Bobby Ewing and Pamela Barnes, and the families, I think the Ewings are one family, and then the Barnes were their arch enemies, and no J.R. and Pam got married, so then oh, they had kind of a, a Shakespearean... Romeo and Juliet thing, yeah. yeah. So I guess that was the premise of the whole thing. Oh. And then, of course, you had the famous thing when 
they shot JR. Right. And that was a big cliffhanger. The show, at the end of every season, there'd be a big cliffhanger, and that was one of the biggest ones. I have a question. Yep. When JR was shot, did he die? I don't think so. No, he still, because he came back because they even redid the show like in 2012, I think, mm-hmm. and he was back on oh, the show. He was there. Okay. So, unless it was the ghost this of JR. This is how little I watched the show. Yeah. Uh, so they were famous for cliffhangers. Who shot Jr. was a big thing. The episode after that called Who Done It was the second highest rated primetime telecast ever. Oh, wow. Because everyone wanted to know who shot Jr. What was so the first? So it was a big deal. I think that was MASH, like we've talked about before. The oh. final episode of MASH was the biggest ever. Okay. Um, it featured a dream season where everybody felt like they were fooled at the end. Because it was like Pam Ewing had a, in season nine, it was all a dream. And she woke up after the dream. Oh which is goodness. never a good thing to do in a show. Never do that. Nope. It had 357 episodes. And it remains one of the longest running full hour primetime dramas in American TV history. Wow. Do you want to know what the top ones are? <gasps> yes. Gunsmoke had 635 episodes. Never seen it. Law and Order SVU. As of April last year, had 478 episodes. Never seen it. We never watched that much either. Law and Order had 456 episodes. Also. Never, <laughs> never saw it. it. <laughs> Bonanza, I watched a little bit, had 430 episodes. Never. And Grey's Anatomy, as of last year, had 363 episodes. Never seen it. It's funny that all these long TV shows we don't watch. We have a short attention span, apparently. I guess so. <laughs> We're not going to stay with the show that long. No. Give me a good season. I'm out of here. I'm to the next thing. And I need good closure. I don't need like crazy. I don't need that kind of dream sequence business going on. Well, and what's funny about this show, I think it influenced the whole world about what Texas is and who Texas is. Yes. Remember when we were, was it Barcelona we were just in? No. Where were we at? We were in San Francisco, San Diego. San Diego. Okay. And we got in a cab, a Uber with our Uber driver was from Africa. And he said, are y'all headed home? Are y'all, you know, like going somewhere to visit? And we said, we're going home. We live in Dallas, Fort Worth area, which is usually just what you say. Because they don't understand smaller towns around there. And so he he leaned back and he looked at your feet. Yeah, I was like, what are you doing? He said, where are your boots? (laughs) And you're like, I don't have any boots. Do you have a hat? Nope, don't have a hat. What about a gun? I was like, we don't have any of these things. I'm as un-Texan as you can get, I guess. We do not have cattle, you know, or anything like that. So it is, it is a stigmatism people have. Yeah, that just assume, Mm -hmm. especially when that show was on, that all Texans were like that. Yeah. And really we... Most of us are not like that. Yeah, Texas is just a normal place in most places. Yeah, I agree. So. Okay, that was fascinating. Well, and you did a good job. You showed perseverance. Thank and you. And you showed fortitude. Thank you. For sticking in there and not for your, quitting. For overcoming your trickery. My deceptions. <laughs> and hey, I, I enjoyed meeting Clint. Can you, I cannot believe, beyond everything, I got Clint, East, Clint Eastwood on this show. I can't believe you did that. And you're upset. And Yes. Okay. That's exactly right. But I was glad to meet Clint and I learned a lot about Sandra Day O'Connor. Like, I, that was cool. I know. She's a fascinating woman. Yes. She is very And I'll work on trying to get her on. We'll see if we can pull some strings there. All right. That's For a later fantastic. episode. <laughs> this was a good one. Good job, babe. Thank you very much. You always do a good job. But this was exceptionally interesting. So, if you haven't already, like and subscribe. Leave us a comment somewhere if you want. And follow us on Instagram, Hardy Party 5 and a half. Over and out. We'll see you next time.